0: Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. So happy to have you joining with me as we watch this content together. I've been praying and really leaning into the Lord for this morning and really believing that God's got something special for you. So I count it a privilege to be able to share this content with you this morning. We are on week three of our everyday series. In it, we're walking through that verse in John chapter 14 that says these words, as Jesus talking. He says, Jesus told them, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. But no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, we live in a post-Bible day. So if you've been in the church for any deal of time, you would have undoubtedly heard that particular verse many, many times. However, in the moment when Jesus was communicating this, this would have been very disruptive to the crowd. And maybe you find yourself in a very similar situation where you hear these words of Jesus claiming so exclusively to be the way or truth or life. And there's this piece of you that's almost unsettled. There's this piece of you that wonders, really, could this really be how it functions? Could this be how it works? Well, let me tell you today that as we wrestle this concept out, this is where we find the the beauty. This is where we find the freedom. This is where we find the real hope that is found within the gospel you see it all boils down to jesus now we know this if you've grown up in the church you know this but when life happens like like when a pandemic happens when we look through this past year as we've kind of walked through the things that we've walked through key verses like this sometimes lose their strength in our day-to-day lives So let's just look at this verse just for a moment through the lens of what Jesus was saying about truth. This is what Jesus said. If you want to come to the Father, I'm the truth. Think about that for a moment. Jesus, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the maker, says, I'm the truth. You can can follow me. You wanna make sense of this world? You wanna make sense of chaos? You wanna make sense of trauma? You wanna make sense of of just the difficulties of life? You wanna make sense of the here and the now? Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you the truth. You need to follow me. And this is what Jesus is trying to get at. And as I look back over this past year, as we think about this last year and what it's meant to serve Jesus day in and day out, to see Jesus move every day, what I've come to realize is there's actually three types of Christians that seem to have struggled in their faith as we look at this past year of the pandemic. And what I want to do this, uh, in this moment with you is I want to unpack these concepts with you. And I want to look at these three characters, these three types of Christian. Because maybe, just maybe, I may be speaking to you. Or maybe I might be speaking about somebody that you know. And so maybe this message is for you or maybe God wants you to use this message to impact someone else's life. And so I encourage you, grab a pen, grab some paper. Let's take some notes because I really believe in my heart of hearts that God has something for you today. So three types of Christians that will struggle in their faith. The first type I want to highlight is this type of Christian. You see, you believe that Jesus is the truth, but you don't understand him. You see, it's one thing to believe something, it's another thing to understand something. Perhaps I could reword it like this You believe that Jesus is the truth, but you really have no idea what that means. Like, philosophically, you can kind of wrap your mind around it. But in reality, like when push comes to shove, when you're trying to figure out how to contextualize your faith, there's this disconnect. But I want to encourage you with a very fascinating verse found in Isaiah chapter 55. And it might shine some light on this issue. You see, in it's pretty interesting. This is describing um, the words of the Lord. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. That's a little bit of a God flex right there. God's like, hey, yo, listen up. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. So, if you're panicking, if you're trying to figure stuff out, if you're trying to understand truth right now, listen up. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, that is life giving. It's life-giving because it kind of explains this season of, I don't know what's going on through a different lens. I I, I can maybe explain this verse a little bit better for you using this hamster cage. You see, um, the pandemic for our family was a little bit difficult, as it was for all of us. We We had struggles throughout the pandemic. All of us did. But for us, we lost a family pet. We lost two of them, actually. One mouse by the name of Penny, and another mouse by the name of Pogo. And Pogo used to live in this very cage right here. Now, I want to explain this thought of God saying, um, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I want to explain it through the lens of Pogo. You see, Pogo was a fascinating creature. She um, was awesome. She she, She brought a lot of joy into our home. But she had a very simple understanding of reality. And from her vantage point from inside of this cage, all of her food was always provided in a little purple bowl. All of her water was always provided by a little plastic tube that was sitting on the side of the cage. And from her vantage point, if I were to ask her, hey, Pogo, where does your food come from? She would say, my food comes from a purple bowl. Hey, Pogo, where does water come from? Her answer to me would be, well, (laughs) Adam, Water comes from a plastic tube on the side of my cage. Now, what's fascinating about this visual is that Pogo isn't wrong. Right? From her vantage point, water comes from a plastic tube. She has no concept that water actually comes from a tap. And that water from the tap actually comes from a spring or or a water reservoir. She has no concept of life outside this cage, outside of her context. For her, her food only shows up in a purple little bowl. She has no idea that PetSmart exists. She has no idea that I take responsibility to go out and buy her food, purchase it, bring it back for her, and put some of that into her cage every couple days. She has no concept of that. Now I want to read this verse one more time. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. So my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You see, some of you, you may have been struggling with your Christianity. Maybe you currently are struggling with your Christianity. Because for you, you you profess to believe that Jesus is the truth, but you're struggling to understand it, to contextualize it. It's like Pogo trying to figure out beyond her cage that there's, there's, there's life that exists outside. You see, but Pogo just can't intellect her way into a deeper understanding. Pogo isn't just gonna sit there in the middle of the cage and think to herself one day, you know what? Maybe there is a greater provider than this little bowl. Maybe perhaps there is a creator. That's not necessarily her train of thought. You see, there's a really fascinating perspective that's interjected into this concept if we look at 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, Paul is preaching a sermon. And, and, he, and, he, and he, he writes these words. He, he's creating an argument. He's painting a picture. And he, and, he, and he makes this point. And it's found in chapter 2, verse 14. And it's very profound. He says, But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. And they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. You see, Pogo in and of herself couldn't make sense of everything that went on outside of of the cage. You in and of your own strength can't make sense of this great truth that is Jesus in and of your own strength. It is the spirit of God who reveals that to you. And so if you find yourself panicking a little bit, I, I, I believe that Jesus is the truth, but I, I can't wrap my mind around it. Like, like I don't fully understand it. You're in good company. In fact, in James chapter one, it says some of the most exciting um, news. James one verse five says these words. It says, if you need wisdom, ask your generous God. You don't need just to go Google it. You don't need to just go go try and make it up or figure it out on your own. But what he says here is he says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. God's not in heaven looking down on humans and being like, you dummies. Can't you just figure this out on your own? The most beautiful concept, the most beautiful piece of Christianity is that God wants to walk with you, wants to teach you, wants to guide you, wants to reveal himself to you. You don't intellect your way into a deeper understanding of truth. You allow God to reveal it to you. And maybe that's what you need to do today. The second person I want to speak to, the second, the second Christian I want to bring to the table are those who, you, you believe in Jesus, you believe that Jesus is the truth, but you don't trust him. You believe that Jesus is the truth, but you don't trust him. Now this is a very interesting thought. Because you see, it's easier to put your trust in pain. It's, interesting, it's easier to put your trust in the here and the now. It's easier to put your trust in what you can see and feel. And it's harder to put that in God. I want to speak of the subject of pain just for a second, because I've noticed something really interesting about pain, and it is that, that pain is a liar. Pain is a liar. Like, I, uh, my, my family makes fun of me because I have broken my toe three times in the last 18 months. Like, I am just ridiculous, and I stub my toe on everything. But I've noticed something very fascinating about what happens to me as a person when I stub my toe, and I'm pretty sure it happens to you as well. You see, when I stub my toe, I forget about everything. The most important thing in the world becomes my toe. It's the only thing that takes all of my focus, the only thing that takes all of my attention. I forget about my family. I forget about my kids. I forget about my wife. I forget about my church. I forget about my dreams. I forget about my hope, my future. I forget about my home. I forget about the fact that I got breath in my lungs. I forget about the rational fact that it's just a toe, it's not the rest of my body. Everything inside of me is hyper-focused on my toe and on the pain of that moment. And that pain is very real. So I'm not dismissing pain, but I am trying to paint a picture here. You see, pain isn't the evidence of God's non-existence. Pain is the evidence that you hurt yourself. And there are Christians who've been walking through this season who are hurting, and you are in pain. I'm not trying to belittle that. It 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 stops everything. I know when I stub my toe, it stops everything. It's just a toe stub, but it hurts and it's real and it stops everything. And maybe somewhere along the line here, you've gotten hurt, and now you are hyper focused. And, and as much as you know that God is real, as much as you know that Jesus is truth, as much as that you know that the church brings hope and health and healing, it's so hard to focus on that right now. Consider Proverbs chapter three, verse five. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. and Do not depend on your own understanding because our own finite, limited understanding can get you into trouble. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. When I look at the the Christians in my life who over the last year have have walked away from the Lord, walked away from this kind of everyday kind of faith that we're talking about. (laughs) Undoubtedly, it, it often kind of boils down to some of these issues. There was an unresolved hurt and in their own processing and their own understanding the pain was just too real and so we, we walk away because for some reason we feel like if we just walk away that's going to solve our problems. But friends, it doesn't. And what I love about Jesus when Jesus says, I am the truth. It's in our, in our deep, dark, very real, very uncomfortable moments that that truth can mean the most. I'll close with this one. Because truth, truth is fascinating. And I want to read you a portion of scripture that I would argue is one of the most misquoted scriptures, one of the most misquoted scriptures in the Bible. And it's found in John chapter 9, or chapter 8, sorry, verse 32. And you've probably heard these words before. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And you will know the truth, and this truth will set you free. You see, a third person I'm trying to talk to today is the person where you believe that Jesus is the truth, but you don't actually apply the words that he said. And this is where this verse comes into play. You see, the the part of the verse that we always remember is the, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But the reality is that's not actually true. Just because you know something. Jesus isn't saying, just because you know the truth, you're free. You have to actually look at the rest of the verse because his statement didn't start in verse 32. His statement starts a sentence before in verse 31. And it says this in verse 31. I love how it starts off. It says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, in other words, hey, Christians, lifts it up, okay? I'm going to explain something to you. If you believe in me, I'm going to provide you some context for that belief. He says these words Jesus said to the people who believe in him, You, you are truly my disciple if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. you catch that? He says, you are my disciples. You are my disciples. If you remain faithful to my teachings, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, there's this action that needs to take place. There's application that needs to take place. If you're watching this and you're tired and you're exhausted, just imagine for a second, okay? You're running a race. You've just ran. You've sprinted. You're exhausted. You're breathing. You're, 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 you're spent. And you know in your head that what you need to do is take a seat and rest. Just knowing that you need to rest doesn't actually give you rest, does it? You need to actually go and rest. And this is what Jesus is saying here. You see, just knowing that there's truth, just sing, I believe that Jesus is the truth. That doesn't mean that you're free. You need to walk it out. You need to apply it. And you'll know the truth. Once it's applied, once it's applied, you'll know the truth. And that's the truth that's going to set you free because you experienced it. So I had Pogo. And from Pogo's perspective, life is pretty good. She understood life inside the cage. I mean, even her death was good. You know how she passed away? I woke up in the morning and I saw her at the bottom of the slide with her hands stuck like this. Like she went out of, t- out of life in style. She had treats provided for her, she had her water provided for her, she had her food provided for her. There was no predators. And from Pogo's vantage point, she understood how to exist. She understood how to live and how to thrive. And maybe you're watching this right now. And as I've talked about uh, these different kinds of Christian, you might think to yourself, whoa, 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 pastor, who, who, who said I'm a Christian? I'm just watching. I want you to track with me for a second. You see, Pogo... She believed that food came from a purple dish and water came from a clear plastic tube. Pogo wasn't wrong. In fact, her truth was true. From Pogo's vantage point, she had evidence. She saw the water. She saw the plastic. She experienced it. She could analyze it. She could measure it. Like For her, it was completely quantifiable. But from outside of her cage, I look at this story and I look at her situation and I look at the fact she lives in a cage. And I can't help but reconcile this fact that you're not meant to live in a cage though. And from her finite, limited, small understanding, she figured out how the world worked. And I didn't grow up going to church. And there was a moment in my life where like Pogo, I thought I had everything figured out but the truth is, the Spirit of God came. and I started to realize that there's more to life than existing in a cage. And, and, and the, the, the saddest part of this story was I would come, I would open the cage and I would provide the food for her. And Pogo, she actually had a relationship with me. She had a relationship with the provider. But the only relationship she had with me was a relationship with my hand. And if I asked her, describe your provider, Pogo, she would say, well, my provider looks like a hand. She had no idea of my heart. (laughs) She had no idea my intentions for her. She had no idea of the, the, the rest of what life could represent and what life could be. And I wonder if possibly, just maybe, just maybe, you may find yourself in a similar position as Bogo today. And maybe you found yourself living inside of a cage. And maybe there's a spark of curiosity today. Where it's not that you're, you see, it's not that your understanding of reality is completely wrong. It's just not a full picture. And what if the piece that you're missing is Jesus? You see, if that's you, I invite you to text LIFE. There's a number that's going to pop up on the screen right now. Text LIFE to that number. If you're watching church online, there's a button that says raise a hand. And if you, if you want to explore what it means to invite Jesus into your world, to accept, maybe I'll word it this way, to look to Jesus for truth text life or, press, or raise, raise, press that raise a hand button. One of our volunteers would love to walk with you. You see, if you're a Christian and, and your relationship with God has been boiled down to just a hand relationship, where you, you've kind of lost the, the depths of your relationship with him, when it comes to trusting, you're not totally sure. You believe it, but you don't necessarily understand it. You believe it, or maybe you don't apply it, or you believe it, or maybe you don't trust it. Can I pray for you? Would you close your eyes as you're watching this and let's pray together just for a moment. This is special between you and God. And Father, in this moment right now, I pray for the person on the other side of the screen. I don't know what these last year of the pandemic has done in their life. But what I do know is that you know. I know that you're real. And I know that you want to walk with them just as you walk with me. I know that you have a plan and a purpose for their life. I know that, that you haven't even begun to do amazing things in them and through them. Father, I pray that you would help them to see themselves from your perspective. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help them to see you for who you really are. And I pray that, God, your truth, your truth would set us free. In your name we pray. Amen. So thanks for being with us. God bless you and have a great day.